I am to be able to come uh, to the worship like this, beautiful choir praise, and also praise team, very exciting, inspirational, and just reading the call to worship, every word that soaks in, and I felt, I mean, I, I don't think about anything else. All the problems we set aside, all the troubles and all the relational problems we set aside. This one hour, this moment, we just focus on God and also my relationship uh, with God. That's why uh, Jesus said, if you have some problem with the relationship, go and reconcile and come back and worship. So this time I want all of you to put aside all your concerns and worries and let down your anger and whatever and just focus on God. That's what worship is. Worship is not what we do. Worship is connect, being connected with God from our heart. There are times when we feel really tired. Not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually. Being physically tired is okay. I can handle it any time. You know, if you take a, a break and rest and sleep, you can overcome that. So being physically tired is not a problem. But being tired emotionally and spiritually, it is a different matter. Sometimes we, we are tired about life. We lose appetite for everything. Even though we eat delicious food, it doesn't give us any happiness and joy. Lack of motivation, lack of desire, nothing makes us happy and satisfied. We get easily angered and little things frustrate us and bother us. And sometimes we feel that we are all alone. Nobody really cares. Everybody just cares about themselves, but nobody really cares about me. When we feel like that, we don't know what to do. There is nothing that we can do. We feel helpless and hopeless because our desire and our will are attacked. If we have a strong will and strong desire, I can handle some problems. I can handle the problems that come to us. Because we have a strong desire and will. But when will and desire are attacked, it takes away the main central faculty that controls our behavior and our life. And when those are taken away, when those are attacked, we don't know what to do. We feel helpless and hopeless. We don't control over our emotions, but negative emotions control us and dictate us. These days, uh, media talks about a lot about mental, mental health issues. Celebrity athletes shared about their struggles. So uh, here and there, they really seriously uh, study about uh, mental uh, health uh, issues. 
Simone Biles, the most decorated gym, gymnast, shared about her depression, her struggle with her mental health. She was wonderful uh, athlete, superwoman. I mean, she created several moves that nobody could do. So Olympics, now they all try to follow her moves. And so she was a wonderful athlete. But at this Olympic, in the middle of it, she withdrew herself. And then she shared that she was struggling with her mental issues. Naomi Osaka, number one tennis player. Some time ago, she sh shared about her mental issues, and she withdrew herself from the French Open. You know Michael Phelps, who is the most decorated Olympian of all time with a total of 28 medals, shared his struggles about his mental health, and he reaches out to those uh, colleagues who are struggling right now. He wanted to help them. So mental issue becomes a serious problem. These are people who achieved what no ordinary people cannot achieve. They are special people. They are gifted with special abilities. And yet, they felt helpless and hopeless. But it is not just those who are special people who go through these mental issues. We all, average people, everyone is dealing with these mental issues. We read a very interesting story about Elijah. You know Elijah? He was a prophet of prophets. He was one who appeared when Jesus was changed on the uh, mountain of transfiguration. Two people appeared there, most representative people in Israel history. One was Moses and the other was Elijah. Moses represented the law. Elijah represented the prophet. He was the greatest prophet in Israel history. He brought fire from heaven. And when he, in the, during the drought time, he prayed and the rain came down. And he was the one who chased out all the false prophets, Baal prophets, uh, which uh, Jezebel brought, brought in to Israel. He didn't even experience death. He was caught up in the whirlwind and went up to the heaven. If you say golf, then Tiger Woods comes, comes into our mind. Swimming. Michael Phelps, gymnastic, Simon Biles. But like that, if we say prophets, Elijah comes into our minds. The scripture is very interesting. Scripture does not just talk about good things about people. Even though they are the great heroes, they don't just talk about good things about people. The scripture talks about the dark side of the people too. So in that way, scripture is very real. King David was the most admired and celebrated king of Israel. And scripture talks about his darkness, his relationship with Bathsheba. And also his son was trying to kill him. 
you know, you, you're being chased by your own son to save your life. The scripture talks about that story. Peter was a rock on which Jesus wanted to build a church. But the uh, scripture talks about his, uh, being, he, uh, him being rebuked by Jesus. Satan, get, get uh, behind me. And also he denied Jesus three times. In that way, the scripture is very real. Today we see a very broken man who lost every desire to live. He just wanted to sleep, to die. Verse 5 says, Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. He looked and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. He just wanted to sleep. It's very interesting. Simone Biles said in her interview with Vogue, uh, she said, at one point I slept so much because for me it was the closest thing to death without harming myself. It was an escape from all of my thoughts, from the world, from what I was dealing with. It was a really dark time. Can you imagine? You want to I mean, you cannot kill yourself. You cannot harm yourself. So you just die because that was the closest thing to death. That is really dark time that Simon uh, went through. And the prophet Elijah went through the same thing. He just wanted to sleep and he wanted to die there. His, uh, the scripture says, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. He asked that he might die. It is enough. Now, Lord, just take my life away. This somehow gave me a tremendous comfort. Even the greatest prophet went through this kind of struggle. He knew the power of God. He exercised the power of God. He knew God. And yet, he was not invincible. We see a man lying down helplessly and totally powerlessly. He was about to give up everything. Not only his prophetic career, but, but about his life. We see a man totally broken, shattered. After all, he was like all of us, a broken people, a broken person. Yes, we see not a powerful man who performed wonderful miracles, but a broken man who was filled with fear and anxiety. Yes, we see that. But we see something else in today's story. What do we see? We see God who takes care of him with gentle and tender love. We see God who does not leave him alone. We see God who touches him with a gentle hand. The NRSV uh, says touches him. But I think Korean version uh, is a better translation. In Korean word, it says, 어루만지다. 
어루만지다 meaning caressed. God caressed Elijah. She's like mother caressing her child. When we want to give up, God does not give up on us. God sent an angel to Elijah. He gave him food. He ate the food that he laid down, but he laid down again to sleep. Once was not enough. But God did not give up on him. If once is not enough, God appeared again, second time, and touched him. That's, that is how God works. If once is not enough, God comes to us again, again, and again. If it, it, doesn't want, if it does not work for the first time, he comes the second time. If it did not work for the second time for Elijah, God would have come to him third time. That's our God. God never leaves you alone in that darkness. God never leaves you alone when you struggle. I mean, we sang that song. We don't see it. We don't feel it. But God is still working in your life. That's who our God is. It shows that healing is a process. It's not just one-time thing. First time, second time, third time. Until we die, we take the journey of being healed. So healing is our journey. The angel told him to get up and take the journey. Keep on keeping on. You cannot just sit there. You cannot just lie there. Get up and walk. What distinguishes about the prophet Elijah is not the fact that he was a powerful, but that he was faithful. What distinguishes about Elijah was not that he was invincible. What distinguished him was he was faithful. He didn't feel like getting up. He didn't feel like taking the journey. He didn't feel like he just wanted to die. He felt like dying. And yet, he stood up. He was faithful to the voice. He stood up and took the journey. My friends, we cannot always live as we feel like it. When you live your life as you feel like it, you're inviting death, misery in your life. We cannot just live as we feel like it. Our emotions can sometimes drive us into darker places. Living by our emotion is a weak life. We should not be controlled by our emotions. We should learn to hear the inner voices deep within us. The voice of truth, the voice of God. 
When darkness attacks us, we are surrounded by these overwhelming voices. All different voices come to us. You will not get any better. You're worthless. You're not lovable. Nobody cares about you. All these voices bombard us with negative things. But in that, we should be able to hear one small, still inner voice. Silence all these noises and hear that inner voice. That inner voice will restore you. Elijah heard that. And that, when he heard that, he was restored. Before Elijah was looking for God or only saw God in dramatic events such as wind, earthquake, and fire. But this time, he could not see God there. He saw God in a small, still voice. Let me read verse 11 and 12. Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. That means Elijah could not see God there. He saw earthquake and fire and the wind and then what they did, but he could not see God there. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. And the voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Simple question. What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing? This question implies a lot of other questions. Who are you? Where are you in your life? When we hear the inner voice reading the scripture, we also are uh, uh, confronted with these questions. Who are you? Where are you in your life? When we hear the inner voice, we'll be restored. Our brokenness takes us where we don't want to go. Yes, it takes us to a dark place. And we don't know what to do in that dark place. But when you are able to hear the inner voice in that dark place, and that dark place becomes a woman's womb that creates New life. That's what happened to Jonah. He went down into the dark place at the bottom of the ocean and there he heard the inner voice and that place became the womb where new life was created. In Hebrew, the word break is the same word as giving birth. Very interesting. Because they knew about life. So breaking 
and giving birth, the same word. Rabbi Daniel Lapin explains how the same word is used for break, giving birth, and also food. Let me quote uh, what he said. The Lord's language is teaching us that when something breaks and is destroyed, it also can give birth to something entirely new which can provide ongoing sustenance. It's interesting that this idea has carried over into English where we have similar positive connotations for giving, for giving someone a break, breaking into new business, the phrase break of day, and of course, having a breakthrough. He also said, one problem is that often we allow a breaking of something in our lives to break our spirits. We shouldn't allow that. We shouldn't allow our circumstances to break our spirits. They may break us, but not our spirits. We must ensure that it becomes the birth of something new and positive. When your life situations break you, don't let them break your spirits. May your brokenness be an opportunity to have a new breakthrough. This kind of breakthrough is possible only in brokenness. In normal time, it doesn't happen. But when you're bro broken completely, you see something very new. And that gives you a breakthrough. So don't be scared when you're broken. You're in God's good hands. Now it's up to you. You will sometimes experience your own brokenness, but it's up to you whether you make that as an opportunity to make a breakthrough or you let that break your spirit. Let us get up and walk. God is with you. God helps you. God will give you the inner voice and that will restore you. Let us sing together.